to another episode of Product Thinking. I am Kyle Evans. This week we are talking about the book Build by Tony Fidel, a book review. Uh, so the book Build, an unorthodox guide to making things worth making, came out in May 2022, so a recent one, and I am excited to talk about this one. So let's dive into it. Uh, Tony Fidel led the incredibly successful teams that built the iPod, the iPhone, and the Nest thermostat. He also led or was part of other teams that failed arguably just as big. So his new book, Build, An Unorthodox Guide to Making Things Worth Making, is now probably one of my new favorites for building meaningful products. It's not theoretical, not written by someone who quote, shouts at you from the roof and then moves on, as he says in his book at one point, but is advice and lessons from the field, where most of us are, quite frankly. Uh, Let me give an overview really quickly of it, and then we'll dive into some of the key things that I took away from it. So quick overview. Uh, Tony's career was a pretty wild path. Uh, through success and failure. Uh, He started with General Magic, uh, which was an Apple spinoff, which was pretty interesting, and then moved to Philips, uh, Philips Electronics, which is, uh, some of you will probably know, uh, has a wide array of electronics from shavers to other things as well. And he eventually started his own company called Fuse and then had a very, very short stint, a failed stint at Real Networks uh, before contracting and then eventually being hired by Apple. Uh, And even moving to Apple wasn't smooth sailing, as he admits, and getting the iPod to success was fits and starts, requiring everything he learned from every other experience previously, the good and the bad. And of course, we know how successful the iPod and the iPhone went on to be. And then the Nest thermostat as well, though probably we don't know as many of the stories behind all of it, uh, which is what Fidel shares throughout the book, along with all of the lessons he learned as he began his career, led teams, failed, became successful, started his own businesses, and eventually created his own billion-dollar business. So let's dive in to some of the things that he shared and a few of the key lessons. So first up, um, one of the key things that I took away from from this, follow your passion. If you're passionate about something, do it even if it's not immediately apparent what the payoff or the point will be. There isn't a suitable substitute for passion and curiosity, so you need to follow yours. Uh, Tony Fidel describes how he followed his passion and curiosity early in his career, even to the consternation of his parents, who couldn't fathom why he would join a startup, General Magic, rather than a reputable company like IBM, for example. Even when General Magic failed, Fidel continued to stick to his passion of a personal computing device and hung tenaciously to it through his time at Philips and after until he eventually found the right timing and the right company. And his passion eventually became the iPod at Apple, which is a great outcome for your passion. Uh, And his passion for electronics connected devices and world-changing technology continued to follow him around after Apple. And as he describes it, it wouldn't let go, which is why he also started Nest. So through all of his career and through all the devices and products, it was about a passion for the product and the mission, 
And then, you know, he also talks about when the passion runs out, move on, find something else or take a break, which is also really, really great advice. So that was one of the first things that I took away from it. Follow your passion. And then the second thing, uh, data can help not decide. Uh, quoting from it, everyone wants data so they don't have to make decisions. I, I really like that one. I wrote about the same idea in Death by Data, and I've linked that in this week's newsletter, and you can go to productthinking.cc and find the link to that post as well, uh, which is, uh, it was a really, really fun one because I run into this exact same thing where so many of us and so many of our teams or, or maybe our executives or other people want data and want more data so they don't have to decide. They don't have to make a decision. Uh, and it's easy to fall into this analysis paralysis, gathering data so you don't have to decide. But as Tony Fidel describes it, some decisions are data decisions and some decisions are opinion decisions. You have to know the difference. You can't get hung up on data when you have to make an opinion-based decision. Or you can't try to get to 100% certainty when 80% certainty is the best you can hope for. And it's easy, and especially easy now in the world of software and the world of A-B testing, to say, let's test it. It's a noble sentiment too. And we really should test as much as we can, but we can't fall into the trap of trying to test ourselves out of deciding. I used to have an executive that liked to say, let's let the data decide as if the data could decide for us. It can't. It never will be able to. You have to decide. The data can only inform you. Uh, the book gives a great example of Steve Jobs and the iPhone keyboard. It seems like a no-brainer now, looking back on the decision of having a physical keyboard versus not a physical keyboard on a cell phone. Since Probably none of the phones that any of us have now have physical keyboards. But for those of us living with smartphones at the time, the BlackBerry keyboard was absolutely dominant. And many of you listening might not remember that. Some of you listening might, but BlackBerry phones were absolutely dominant at, at the time. And they all had physical keyboards and people loved them because you could type out messages and you could do it very quickly. You could do it without actually looking at your phone. And for people who became uh, very uh, used to typing on their Blackberries. So to move away from a physical keyboard went against all the data that you could get. Yet Steve Jobs was adamant that the iPhone could not and would not have a physical keyboard. It wasn't a data decision. It was an opinion. And ultimately the right one. But it wasn't until after the decision that Apple could gather enough data to justify that decision. So that is one of the second key takeaways, understanding the difference between opinion decisions and data decisions and understanding that data can help, but not decide. Finally, design every step of the customer journey. This is such a critical thing. And I've said it in this newsletter, I've said it on this podcast, and I've said it on my other podcast, Product by Design, many times. Your product will be designed one way or another, so you should be intentional about it. Fidel, in the book, echoes this same point. You need to design, you need to think through the entire customer journey from beginning to end, 
to ensure it is exactly how you hope it will be. When they created Nest, they did this from the website to the packaging, to the installation, to the usage, all of it from the entire customer journey. It, it has the echoes of Apple and Steve Jobs. You know, I've been rereading uh, many parts of the book, Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson and the absolute pains that Steve Jobs went through every step of the way from the packaging to all of the pieces of the product journey for Apple. And Tony Fidel describes a very similar process for Nest. And one of the key areas he tells about is the installation. When first users were installing the Nest thermostat, it took about an hour. And that was disheartening for Nest because they didn't want it to take that long. They needed the process to be incredibly simple. So they dove in to figure out why it took so long to install a new Nest thermostat. And they discovered about half of the initial setup was finding the right tools. So rather than simply looking past this, they decided to include all the tools with the thermostat. And some tools that the users didn't actually need in the form of a screwdriver that customers could actually keep in their drawer and use for other things as well. So this not only saved half of the initial setup time for new customers, but also became a nice tool that everybody could keep in their kitchen drawer or or wherever. And ironically, we actually still have our Nest screwdriver in our kitchen drawer. And And I think most people who probably installed an S thermostat still actually have theirs as well. Uh, It became a marketing tool that Nest used. Uh, The the screwdriver that once you installed it, you could also keep it and use it around the house for anything else that you wanted. Uh, In the book, it also relates a similar story, of course, about Steve Jobs and Apple. Uh, Noticing another problem that most devices before the iPod didn't come pre-charged. And that wasn't a good user experience. So Apple began charging all devices prior to shipping, especially devices like an iPod. So users could open up their new iPod and begin using it immediately. So you wouldn't have to take it out of the box, go plug it in for an hour or two hours and charge it. They could take it out, begin using it immediately and enjoy it. And this became the new standard for all devices. So understanding that entire customer journey, end-to-end, where are the pain points and how can we solve each of those pain points and make the entire journey better all along the entire way from, from the first points of contact all the way through the entire customer journey and understanding that. So I can't write or talk about all the advice from the book, build an unorthodox guide to making things worth making, but I highly recommend it to anyone interested in building products or just knowing some of the stories behind some of these uh, incredible products like the iPod, the iPhone, or the Nest thermostat, no matter where you are in your career, whether that's just starting out or a CEO, there's something in it for you and not just from someone who thinks they know. Uh, Quoting from the book, to do great things, to really learn You can't shout suggestions from the rooftop and then move on while someone else does the work. You have to get your hands dirty. You have to care about every step, lovingly craft every detail, be there when it falls apart and then put it back together. You have to do the job. And 
Tony Fidel clearly has done the job. He's been successful and failed, and he shared all the stories, which is fantastic. So even if you aren't building the next iPod, I think you will thoroughly enjoy the ride and the stories. So go check out that book, of course, link in the show notes and to the newsletter uh, at productthinking.cc. Appreciate everybody listening. Don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Check out the newsletter again at productthinking.cc. Subscribe if you haven't already and follow us on social media, Twitter at Product Thinking, just one T, and follow me at Kyle Larry Evans, and we'll talk again next week.